desire you. We only want to hear what you have to say this morning. Father, we sing these songs and we mean them with every fiber of our being. How great you are. But not just because of what you said in your word. Not just because of what you've done throughout the street. But because of what you desire to do in this rented VFW hall this morning. Father, how we adore you. We'll give you all the glory for what you do. We say, wind of the Holy Ghost, blow in this place. Fire of God, you can burn in this place. church. I love it. But I'm commandeering the name of the church this morning. We're going to call this church Let It Rip Fellowship. I get on the plane tomorrow morning and I'm going to get on that plane knowing that I gave Grace and Truth Church everything that God wanted. I can't tell you what time we're going to leave. I can promise you that I'm going to probably be loud if I'm not now. I'm going to sweat through this rubber grand shirt. Yeah. But I'm going to give you everything that the Holy Ghost has. Because you're worth it. Yeah. And God is taking you somewhere. Grace and truth. In December, I was sitting in my house in Tampa. And I was talking to Pastor Will. We talked once a month or so. And the Lord said, the first six months of 2023, I'm going to send you on assignment. To Houston, Texas. To help Pastor Will. And you're going to strengthen his hands in God. And I've done my level best to do that. To stand up here. And pour into the great people. Of Grace and Truth Church. What I hear the Holy Ghost saying. For this fellowship. And I stood here on January 1st. Did I not? Yes. And I talked to you about the future of this church. As far as what God says the church is supposed to be in the city of Houston. The promises that have been made to this great man of God. That are going to come into manifestation. As this church grows and moves and acquires its own building. And I'm sitting over there. And I'm caught up in the spirit. And I've done this maybe four times. I can see that building. Tell me. 
What's your name? Evelyn. 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 Your face comes before me. This is like the third Sunday in a row that this has happened. And before I leave this building, I'm going to minister to you. But as I'm laying there saying, Lord, I sure would like to get back to sleep. My wonderful friend texted me, reminded me it's daylight savings time. And I said, Lord, before I drift back to sleep, is there anything you want me to tell the people of grace and truth? Because you know I'll say anything. I'll do anything. I don't care if I come across like a raving madman. Makes me no difference. Dead men don't have reputations. Dead men don't have feelings. That's awesome. I heard this word. And I'm going to just take it this direction for a minute. I heard the word godly goo. Now that sounds like a weird prophet with wet underwear. Godly goo. I heard this word. And there are people in this meeting, physically, not just the people broadcasting, not just the podcast, in this meeting, in your Christian experience, you've received some prophetic godly goop. And you're trying to make progress. Listen to the Holy Ghost. You're trying to make progress, but you've got this thing in your heart that you received these words years and years ago, and they actually like a restrainer. They actually don't give you peace. They don't give you confidence. They, they actually mess with you. And they create all this tension on the inside of you. And I'm purposely not looking at anyone because I don't want to get distracted by ministering to someone. I just want to tell you what I heard. It's time to let go of the prophetic crap. It's time to let go of the things that never brought peace, that never brought encouragement, that never brought comfort. And you're always trying to make forward progress, but there's this word through this prophet or this word through this saint after church. And it's like a restraining force in your life. Let it go. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. God only speaks things that bring you peace and joy. I've given some of the strongest words of prophetic correction that literally shook the walls of the building and that person would fall out drunk in the Holy Ghost. That person would begin to laugh hysterically because the witness of God doesn't bring fear. It doesn't bring condemnation. Even the strongest words of correction Bring peace and joy. Isaiah 55, 12. You can actually, I taught my kids this. My kids are, don't laugh at me, Kathy. My kids are almost 18, 19, and 29. And I taught them, you can get up every day and never miss it. If you'll just follow peace and joy. Because Isaiah 55, 12 says, I'm going to lead you with peace and you'll spring forth with joy. That's the lane that God travels in. And I can't get off of this. I don't have a release. Some of you are literally held captive by some things that were spoken over you. And they're not God. It's prophetic. Don't really do. You can, you can safely and never miss it. You can let go of all that prophetic crap. And it's from years and years ago. Let it go. And if it was God, and it wasn't, but if it was God, the integrity of your heart, He would bring it back to you through another vessel. He'd wake you up. He'd give you a dream. He'd give you a vision. He'd send an angel. I've had all those things. God can get whatever He needs to 
someone or someones here. Hallelujah. My brother over here, that was the word of the Lord about the trees. It was. I mean, you said something. You said, you know, wrestle with that metal and metal witness of the Spirit. It's gone. And you're going to do this more and more. Hear and declare. Hear and declare. And you're doing it right because you're doing it under the umbrella of your senior pastor. It's just, it's so right. And it blesses the people. Yes. Amen. There was a time, I've pastored for 20 years in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I lived on the church property in a parsonage. Don't recommend it. Would never do it again. But that's what I did for almost 20 years. And we had these old cottonwood trees on the back edge of the church property. There were two of them. And you couldn't put your arm, two people couldn't put their arms around them. They were massive. We used to joke around and say they were there before Santa Ana was ever getting his butt ridden and driven out of pictures. They were massive. And one day I was out there and I was praying and my eyes were open in the spirit. And there's these two massive trees. And all of a sudden everything fades and there's just these two trees. And written vertically up the trunk of each tree said the word of God and the power of God. And the Lord said, my church only goes one direction. They're either only in the word of God and no power, or they're only over in the power of God, no word, and they're real flaky, and it always blows up. But God wants a church that is fully in the word and fully in the power of God. And that's what God is bringing. I see revival breaking out in America, and it's not going to be flaky. It's going to be solid. I'll tell you this. What happened in Asbury, you can call it anything you want to. I'm so grateful for anything that draws young people to the presence of God. But I've been at this thing for a day or two. I've been at this thing for almost 30 years doing Holy Ghost revival. What you saw in Asbury, what you see breaking out in campuses all over the world, that's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that God sends Every generation. And it's awesome. And it's only going to pick up momentum. It's only going to pick up steam. I haven't gone back and listened to the service last week, but I, I heard I started prophesying about America in the next three years. I haven't gone back and listened to it. It irritates my wife to no end. She will say, well, you said that. Well, you said that. Well, don't you remember you said that was going to happen? No. Because it's not me. It comes from my spirit, out my mouth, and it's gone. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So listen, I was praying about what to talk about this morning, and I'm going to continue until I don't. I'm going to continue until I take a fork in the road, talking about the word of the Lord to me was to come to Grace and Truth Church and to let this flow of ministry for this season be about becoming a person of the Spirit. I'll tell you this. Going on 30 years, I haven't met a ton of spirit-minded Christians, and I've met even less spirit-minded leaders. Most people live by tradition. They love God, but they're led by their emotions, and the fruit of their life shows it. Up for a couple years, down for a couple years. One step forward, one step back. That is not the way this kingdom is supposed to operate. This kingdom is an ever-increasing kingdom. Yes. The path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. and gets better and better unto that glorious day. If you're walking with God, He never leads back.
praying about a major decision in the ministry? I'm asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? And I, I still have to filter out what's my flesh. What is fear? What's the word of my mentors and the opinions of men that I greatly respect? I'm going to filter out all those things just like you. But I have a secret for hearing the voice of God. God never leads backwards, ever. Anything that takes me backwards, anything that has me looking over my shoulder about what happened before is never the Lord. In God, it is onward and it is upward. And that's not just some Holy Ghost catchphrase. God wants to take you, Grace and Truth Church, onward and upward. To see the dreams that are in your heart come to fruition. Hallelujah. Let's get into the Word. Hallelujah. I just said that and I'm, I'm taking a, a little pivot. Yeah, this is how we do, right? Good luck trying to take notes. I love listening to Pastor Will. Everything makes such sense. Outline, line upon line. This used to really bother me. I would say, Lord, Lord, I get up in front of the people and I'm going this way and I'm going that way. And God, you know how many hours I spend with you. How many hours I spend in the Word every day. But I look so undisciplined. I'm like a little um, hound dog. And I had a little whiff of something in the Holy Ghost and down this trail. And down this trail. And the Lord told me. The Lord told me. I've got something for someone on every trail. Let it rip, son. So that's what I do. Good luck taking notes. But I promise you this. If you'll listen with your spirit, you'll be in your car pulling out under the feeder road. And you will have received a deposit from the Holy Ghost. I have people that check out in my meetings. They, they close their eyes. A lot of times they'll try for hours. My typical service is like four hours. I promise you. We cut it way. The best services have long worship to set the atmosphere. So, I mean, most of my services, I'll have the worship band up there for 45 minutes to an hour at minimal. And we'll just let it rip. So, I mean, I'm really pulling back. I told you, no. Wait till you get your building. Wait till I flip it on Pastor Will. Come on. Let's do two weeks of revival, three meetings a day. Let it rip. And we'll double, triple the size of the church in one meeting. That's the way the Holy Ghost does it. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not prophesying, but I'm not not prophesying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple weeks of Holy Ghost meetings, three meetings a day, and pay the church off. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the way the Holy Ghost does it. Yes. Amen. Just let that ride around in your spirit a little bit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I see a church that's in trouble. That we're going to be an answer to their prayers, Pastor Will. I see a church that's in trouble. And you, man of God, are going to be an answer to their prayers. Because they didn't want to lose that thing. And they're going to, it's going to come into your hands. And you're going to be an answer to that denominational board's prayers. That they wouldn't lose that building and all that investment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Convertible. 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 Not a car with a convertible like a sports car with a convertible top. Something about these negotiations, you'll write this one down. The word convertible. Convertible. And when you hear it, that's the amen of heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Something the Lord told me privately that I haven't shared 
is that by coming, I'll tell it all, Holy Ghost. Tell it all. The Lord, you won't tell me many secrets if I can't keep them. I'll just say anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when the Lord told me to come to help Pastor Will, I knew in the natural there was no way that this thing was going to work like most revival meetings do, where I will come and teach on giving, take up an offering, pay all my own expenses, and trust the Lord. One thing I made a pledge to do to God that I have been very faithful in is I have never mentioned a natural need to anyone else on planet Earth but my wife. And the Lord has met every need in abundance. And as the Lord was talking to me and Pastor Will was going through this medical challenge, and the Lord said, take the first six months of the year, fly there at your expense, don't take up offerings, and just strengthen his hands in God. I said, God, I'll do anything. No big deal. But how in the world are you, because this is your work, God, how are you going to pay the bills? I told you last week, we about $4,000 a week for the ministry. I mean, that's nothing. You know, the, the guys that my ministry is under their covering, they need like $4,000 an hour, $4,000 every 20 minutes. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, who's my covering. So, I mean, that's like, to, to me, $4,000 a week still isn't a lot of money. I told you last week, I promise you, you write it down. I'll come back to Grace and Truth and tell you we're at $40,000 a week. We'll do that in a year. But, Lord, right now it's $4,000 a week. What are you going to do? And, man, check after check after check has come through. And it's not like I've, I've gotten on a conference call with all my partners or I've gotten on a call with other pastors. I've never mentioned to one person. I'm coming here on my own dime to sow into one of the greatest men of God on planet Earth. Amen. But the Lord has to pay the bills. And as I stand here today, he's paid every bill. I told you we're building that studio at the Power of God offices. You know what's happening on Tuesday at noon? An 18-wheeler's pulling up to my office, baby, with our video wall. I mean, not one thing, not one thing is taking a back seat because I'm doing this special assignment from God. And I told you, guys, tell me to coffee. And, you know, it's not unusual for people to hand me money. They do that when you're a man of God. But, I mean, these are like $10,000 checks, five-figure checks. It doesn't move me. I'm like, Lord, this is your will. It's your bill. You're paying it. It's awesome. But, man, something happened yesterday that even got me going, man. <laughs> and see, this is the thing about me. I can't keep secrets. And also, I, I, it's impossible for me to be fake. I can't fake anything. And I made a promise to God, Lord, you determine the level of my prosperity. But I will never hide the blessing of God. I know that the number one thing that keeps men and women from fulfilling their destiny is they don't know how to believe God. It's financial pressure, especially in America. It's financial pressure that keeps most people from stepping out. So I made a promise to God. Lord, you bless me. I'll tell everybody. I won't hide anything. So yesterday on this trip, I think I'm in six hotels like in 12 days. I mean, I'm busy. I'm working. And on this trip, I had to drive up to Dallas yesterday for a funeral. And I stayed with a friend of mine. And he's a partner in the ministry. And we were just sharing over dinner. And he has an amazing house. And he was just sharing with me. They were in like this, you know, way over a million dollar house that he was just sharing. They just paid it off. And he was telling me over dinner, he said, you know, five years ago, when I really started partnering with your ministry, 
I was making $5,000 a month. Now I'm making $55,000 a month. And I know that it's because you're one of the places that I sow into. And I was like, praise the Lord. Man, that's awesome. Nothing blesses me more than hearing people's financial testimonies because this law is sowing reaping. God gave it to us. This is how the whole kingdom operates. But I'm going there, and I, I really don't have any needs, per se. The video wall's paid for. It's going to be here coming on Tuesday. That's the thing I've really been putting my faith out there for. And we got that whole thing solved. I don't really have any needs, but it wouldn't matter because I have covenant with God. I'm not telling anybody anything. People say, how's your ministry doing? Awesome. How you doing financially? Awesome. I've had one dollar in the bank. I've had millions in the bank. The answer is always the same. Awesome. Because everything comes from El Shaddai. That God is more than enough. Well, I got an El Shaddai testimony from yesterday. Now, let me just back up. Two weeks ago, much to my teenage son's chagrin, I got this idea that while I'm home for a few days, we are going to remulch the front yard. And yes, you can actually bring out crews. It's actually cheaper to have a crew come with the dump truck and mulch the whole thing. But that boy needs to work and sweat. He's only 17. So I said, listen, I'm not just like ministry. I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not willing to do or have already done. I said, you and me, boy, are going to get up at 6.30 on Saturday morning, and we're going to put out 75 bags of mulch. And we did. And it looked awesome. I wasn't looking forward to it, but I was sure happy when it was done. So we put out 75 bags of mulch, and I'm standing by my front door, looking out. I said, man, that looks nice. All the nasty, old, bleached mulch is all gone, and everything's all fresh. and looking landscaped and beautiful. And I was like, you know, Lord, this is excellent. This is exactly what this front yard is supposed to look like. Except for that ugly tree that I'll deal with when I get back. But other than that, and I'm standing there, and God, as my witness, my eyes were opening into the spirit. And I saw a dump truck back up into my driveway going beep, 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 beep. And I saw that little dump load begin to lift up. And I saw abundance just fall and cover my driveway so that I couldn't see the street anymore. This is an open vision. I just stood there, walked into the house, sat my family down, and I said, I want to tell you what the Lord just showed me. We've been trusting God that by the end of this year we'll be out of that house. And we're making some moves personally. And I told my family about it, and they all rejoiced. And I've just been holding that in my heart. Don't know what that's going to look like. Don't know what form that's going to take. When I got ordained, even the reordained here a few, a few weeks ago, um, um, I fell out in the spirit and I was on the ground and I was taken into a vision and I saw my next house. And, it, and I lived in some, you know, massive 6,000 square foot houses. You know, I mean, nice, nice, nice houses. Kind of houses where when you pull up, you're like, what do those people do for a living? Being large kid would be those kind of houses. I lived in those kind of houses. When I stepped out to just run the missions network for unreached nations, I gave up everything. I gave away everything. And we took like a whole nother run in the ministry, starting over from scratch. And so <clears throat> I didn't know what that was going to look like. Didn't know how we were going to get there. But I saw the dump truck. So we were at my friend's house and I was there yesterday. And uh, he said, hey, um, did you 
happened to open the closet in the prophet's room. That's what they call it. They actually built this thing in their house, and it's like my place to stay, and it's the kind of, I mean, $20,000 mattress, kind of mattress I like, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, listen, other people can stay there. It's like, well, I'll call you and get permission first. But no, 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 really, it's okay. But this is their heart. This is their heart. You know, just like the woman in Second Kings, they want to build a place for the man of God. And he was trusting the Lord to pay his house off, and the Lord paid it off. So it works out pretty good. He said, how do you open the closet door? And I said, well, he said, why don't you go back in and open the closet door? And I opened the closet door, and the entire closet is just stuffed with suits. And he said, all those are for you. And I just I paused because I know the kind of clothes that he wears. I know how much those kind of suits cost. And I was like, all for me? He said, all for you. Now, what he didn't know is that I'm on this Holy Ghost adventure of losing weight. In fact, I've never worn this shirt in my life. I didn't have any clothes for this trip, so my wife ordered a bunch of these Robert Grahams that we like. And man, these things aren't cheap, like 300 bucks. They're expensive. They, they probably aren't worth it. But I like them. So she go, she'll try to find a sale. But she orders like four or five shirts, delivers them. And I've never worn it before. And I kid you not, this shirt is just swimming on me. Because I'm in this supernatural thing with God. Because I stood here, I told you, on January 1st, the Lord said for me, this year, you worked for me these 29 years. Now I'm going to work for you. I'm going to take all that weight off your body by your birthday. And it's happening. It's amazing. But you know what I don't have? I don't have any clothes smaller than 2X. But you know what I was sitting in that closet? 25. So, Kathy, I told you this last night. I estimated the number at $20,000. But as I was putting my um, suitcase in the car this morning, I just counted the number of hangers, there's at least $25,000 of suits and Robert Graham shirts in my new size sitting in the back of my car. I never asked for those things. Honestly, I never even wanted those things. It makes no sense. If the, if the rank that I'm shrinking, I'll be able to wear like five or six of those and then they'll be too big. But you know what that is? That's the dump truck blessing of God. And I came to tell you by the Holy Ghost what I never said as I stood in this pulpit is the Lord told me the fruit of my time here in the first six months of 2023 is the increase of heaven would come to the people of Grace and Truth Church. And I'm living in the first fruits. And I volunteer. I volunteer. God, anytime you want to use me as an example, anytime I can be first fruits, I'm all for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For grace and truth, church. Yes. He's saying, what is the increase of heaven? What are you believing God for? What if you had more of it from God? Would not radically impact your life and the life of others? You can have it. See, I say that and it bounces off the back wall. Listen with your spirits. You can have it. I've got $25,000 of suits I never asked for. Never would have dreamed that a whole new wardrobe would come that way. That's the increase of heaven. And God said in the first six months of 2023, I'm going to bring the increase of heaven to the people of Grace and Truth Church. When you were walking 
the call of God on your life is so big that I can see it like a flashing neon sign. And I don't have any idea who you are, what you do. I just know this. If there's one thing on the earth I can sniff, I can sniff the call of God. And I see the call of God on this family. Do you recognize the call of God on your family? Mama, do you recognize the call of God on your family? Yes. And as your boys were walking in, I don't do this. The Lord said he, he gave each one of them $100 as a prophetic sign of radical provision that's coming to your house to confirm this word so you'll be free to run after the call of God on your life. So these four names came up in front of me, 
and I did a quick little Google search. So I want to just I want to speak this over you into your spirit. I just want to tell you some of the greatest men and women of God that have ever walked on planet Earth didn't even get their start until they were in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s. And I literally saw four names that I just want to mention to you by the Holy Ghost. The father of our faith, modern, 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 you know, 20th century, the father of our faith in the Word of Faith movement is Kenneth Hagin. And he was 54 years old when he started Rhema. He had been in the ministry. He had done many things. But he said to many people privately that he really got started in the ministry at age 54 when he planted Rhema Bible Training Center. My hero in the faith, the person that I literally, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 6.12 that we are to be imitators of those who by faith and patience have received the promise of God. And so I look, for, I'm a fruit inspector. I look for people that are achieving far more than I am in the kingdom of God. And I pattern my life after them. You know, there's an arrogance in the ministry that we know it all, but we don't. Look at the state of the kingdom. Look at the state of the world. Look at the state of America. That's because of the state of the church. And that's because of the state of its men and its women leaders. Now, I just said a whole bunch real fast, but my God, is that ever the truth? Every nation on earth, you can boil it down to the condition of the church, and the church is a reflection of the men and women that lead it. So we're to be imitators. We're to pattern after Jesus, of course, the Holy Ghost, of course, but there are natural people that we are to pattern after, and we can actually receive revelation from their life. You know, the Bible says about Elisha, the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. He so followed him around that what was in his spirit got in his spirit. And I've watched so many voice of healing, healing evangelists, that I can listen to myself and say, well, that sounds a little bit like Jack Coe. That sounds a little bit like A.A. Allen. I'm not trying yeah, I'm not trying to imitate anybody, but I've so watched their ministry that it got on the inside of me. And now I'm raising up sons of the faith. And I hear their messages. And I hear my little one-liners. And I hear my little things. It's a blessing. Amen. But the man that I patterned my devotional life after was a man that didn't get started in the ministry until he was 56 years old. He was a he was a plumber from Britain named Smith Wigglesworth who could not even read. His wife taught him at 56 years of age how to read the Bible. And that's the only thing he ever read on planet Earth. And here we are. He died in 1947. And anybody who's anybody who loves Holy Ghost ministry, who wants to be a man of faith, they study the life of Smith Wigglesworth. My God, he didn't even get started until 56. And then I saw this name. Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders? <laughs> Colonel Sanders was 61 years old when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> 61 years old. And you know, you can go all over the world. You know the one thing they're going to have in every nation on earth? is a KFC. <laughs> you know what I love it? Up in Canada, French Peter Hill, they call it um, something, something, Kentucky. And it sounds so elegant. It's just better fried chicken. True story. 
I'd forgotten this until I saw that name. There was a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky named Wayman Rogers. And he had an evangel, um, evangel prayer center. And they were building their first building. It's the Assemblies of God guy. And they're building their first building in the early 1970s. And they're on a 21-day fast. They've got to come up with money or they're going to lose everything. So the entire church goes on a 21-day fast. And they're at the end of this fast. You know the story? They're at the end of that fast on a Wednesday night. And Wayman Rogers is up there and he's leading the church in prayer. And he is carrying the labor of this thing. All this money that's been given could be lost if we don't get a massive amount of money in. God, I'm doing all I know to do. He's fasting. He's praying. And through the back door of the church walks Colonel Sanders. Now, if that is, I mean, the white, the white outfit, the little black bow tie, the hat, the whole thing. If that is me, and I do a lot of fasting, don't let my size fool you. Man, I'm not an American preacher. I'm not an African preacher. Man, I live before the Lord. And I do a lot of fasting. And if I was up there and I saw Kentucky Fried Chicken spokesman walk through the back door, I would have said, dear God, you need a meal. But no. Colonel Sanders, who was unsaved, was, had just sold Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1973. He's driving on the freeway. He looks down and he sees Evangel Prayer Center and an audible voice, unsaved, an audible voice says, go get 10% of the sale of Kentucky Fried Chicken wow. to that church. And on that Wednesday night, he walked up and the equivalent of $7 million in today's money and paid the church off in full. Wow. He got saved. He got in a relationship with that pastor, Wayman Rogers, now his son Bob Rogers runs it. He got in a relationship. He was the most foul-mouthed man you've ever heard on planet Earth. They said that they couldn't keep employees in the corporate office because he would just start dropping F-bombs at the drop of a hat. There's a picture. If you go to World uh, Evangel uh, Person today, there's a picture of <clears throat> Colonel Sanders getting baptized. And when he came out of the water, God gave him a brand new cleansed tongue. Amen. It was amazing. You know, this, this last week I was sitting down with a multimillionaire. And we were having dinner. And um, we're recording, right? So we were having dinner. I won't say where or anything like that. And we were having dinner. And this is a very influential, influential businessman. And we were just talking. He was telling me some things about his family. And we were just talking. And believe me, I don't go into restaurants looking to prophesy. But I won't not prophesy. But I'm not weird. And I've had, I've had people fall out in the grocery store and stuff. And it's not cool. I mean, listen, you guys can explain to you. I went to a Shoney's in Little Rock, Arkansas. In 1994, and every single person there was laid out under the power, including the chefs. And then the Arkansas State Police walked in. Try explaining that being the only person standing up. But sometimes I'm saying, talk about revival. I, I mean, listen, I cut my teeth on Holy Ghost revival. So I'm in this restaurant. I'm in this restaurant, and this is for someone here. I'm, I'm eating my meal, and in my belly, I feel the word of the Lord. And I've been at this thing long enough, I just let it come. And I don't, I don't care, I don't process it, I just, I don't, boom. And we're sitting there enjoying this big fancy meal, and boom. And I mean, the authority of God filled that little, that table. And it said, let anger be far from you, and that cursing tongue no more. And he just started to weep. 
And as I'm standing here telling this story, I hear that again. Is there someone here? Not on YouTube, not on the podcast. Here. Let anger be far from you and that cursing tongue no more. It's a curse to your life and it choked out your seed. And you don't know what's being hindered in your life because of that loose tongue. You talk this way your whole life, knock it off. And if you'll just humble yourself, the Holy Ghost will come in and give you a brand new tongue. He doesn't love Colonel Sanders more than he loves you. He'll cleanse your tongue by his spirit right now. You'll never utter illness ever again. Even when you stub your toe in the middle of the night. Hallelujah. Everybody loves the prophetic when it's all great. Listen, whom the Lord loves, he chases. Despise not the chase, but it's never punitive. It's only for our good. In fact, you know, I do a lot of teaching on like hearing God and the prophetic and stuff. And people only want to hear great things. But if you only hear great things from God 24-7, you're not His. Just the way you can know you're a son and a daughter is your disciple. You're disciplined by the Lord privately, never publicly, never cumulatively, never in a way that would embarrass you. I told you the story last week. My fat rear end for years kept my house so cold that my family was miserable all the time. And it was during a time of fasting and prayer, saying, Lord, you can tell me anything. And I've been at this thing long enough. Now, my Lord, please offend my mind to reveal my heart. I told you last week, sometimes we're just deaf. We can hear God on so many things. But something like weight, something like the way you treat your spouse, the way you handle your money, frivolous spending, all these things, we're just deaf, stone deaf. But if you want God's best, He's going to speak to everything. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Lord gave me this, this for me. He said, you're selfish, 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 Russell. You only care about yourself and your comfort. And in the natural, it made all the sense in the world. Right? All of y'all can wear four layers of clothes and be warm. I have to just walk around the house in my skivvies all the time to even be comfortable. But they were miserable for years. Listen, something's wrong when everyone in your family has to have their own space heater in every room. <laughs> It's amazing. I've never had to replace my air conditioner again when I stopped running on 68 degrees 24 7 every day of the year. It's just amazing how that works. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we want to hear God. And God is for you. But God can bring you words of correction because whom the Lord loves, He chastens. And there's this demonic, nasty, Stinky leg religion that says God will give you a disease to teach you something? Oh my. That's not the way this kingdom operates. Amen. No. Jesus can't give you something he already took in his body on the tree. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. See, y'all are so well tied. I'm not even going to try to go there. But listen, I'm in my hotel room last night. I've driven from Lantana back here yesterday, and I'm just wanting to just chill for a little bit. And so I flip on the Amazon Prime on the TV. Not saying I was looking for your Brady thing you were telling me about. That's my sister back there who drove in. How far did you drive to get here? Yeah. An hour. An hour. Good. Good for you. God has something for you. I turned on my TV last night. And, um, and I'm not saying this just to tell a story. I'm saying this because I hear the Holy Ghost. This is for someone here. I turn on Amazon Prime, and there's a movie called The Girl That Believes in Miracles. 
and I watch the trailer and it looks decent and I'm gonna be just packing for my, you know, packing for my flight and all that, so I just flip it on. And I'm not a big TV watcher, but I, I listen to this movie kind of playing in the background and this girl's going around and she's healing people and there's, there's blind people with their blind eyes opening and there's lame children coming out of wheelchairs. But the idea is that she's taking all this in her body and it gives her cancer. And as soon as I heard that plot line, I'm like, turn it off. Yeah. Turn that crap off. My family knows that if there's anything that reeks of unbelief, it has to be turned off in my house. Amen. I can't tell you how many movies my family has said, well, we don't know how it ends. I said, well, it ends in crap. Because <laughs> if anybody, I never watch movies of people getting cancer. I never watch movies of little kids being sat down and your kid only has this long to live. I don't let any of those things into my heart. Amen. And you know what? I will never experience those things. Now, people, now, listen, that all sounds good until you're in a conversation with someone and they're talking all their nonsense of unbelief. I just feel like, well, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'm not listening to unbelief. I'm not listening to things that would fill my heart with doubt. Because I came here this morning to talk to you about the second pillar of living as a man and a woman of the Spirit. And that's to walk in faith 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And let doubt not be a part of your life. Never get it over in unbelief. But that all sounds good. That doesn't mean just reading the Bible 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We got to live on planet Earth. But I don't receive things that are of unbelief. I have people that love me dearly that try to tell me their nonsense. And as quickly as I can, I'll exit the conversation. If you're making plans to die when Jesus took your sickness on his body, I don't have time for you. I'm sorry. I mean, people that are going through chemotherapy, I'll pray that God strengthens your body and you receive immediate 100% healing right now. But I don't walk with people through their cancer journey. I don't walk with people through their bankruptcy. I'm not allowed to do that because I'm a man of faith. You're a man of faith. You're a woman of faith. Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I am very interested in pleasing God. Listen, it would have been easier 30 years ago to filter out unbelief out of your world. But now it comes from everywhere. Now, I'm going to probably lose some people. I can't listen to contemporary Christian music, even the quote-unquote Holy Ghost ones. Because they should be paying royalties to the spirit of unbelief. And everybody loves me. I'll start ripping on their favorite, their favorite singer. <laughs> but if you're going to sing a song that even if he doesn't move the mountain, you can kiss off. Nowhere in the Bible am I told to make a provision for him not moving the mountain. In my hero in the faith is David Depo in Nigeria. And he has a one-liner from the Holy Ghost that you would do well to memorize and speak out to yourself. It is normal to be challenged. It is unscriptural to ever be defeated. Amen. It is normal to be challenged. It is unscriptural to be defeated. Amen. In this life, we were promised we would suffer tribulation. Jesus promised that in this life, we would suffer tribulation. God's word says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
And most of the world lives there. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. You can't write a song called Even If He Doesn't Move the Mountain. Amen. There's no room to be delivered if He doesn't move the mountain. Kiss off with your unscriptural song, even though your voice is amazing. Sorry, Lauren Diggle. <laughs> but you can turn on other. I mean, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost worship. Man, as you just they bow down at the altar of unbelief. I'm only going to listen to things that agree with God. And God only speaks victory. Yes. I said, God only speaks victory. Yes. I have to read it. I have to read at least one scripture to make this service legal. <laughs> I told you I wrestled with my calling for years because I mean I cut my teeth on revival and Andrew Womack, which are like the most incompatible in the natural. Andrew's about the most milk toast guy ever. And you know, my and I'm and I and listen, I, I was in two services a day, six days a week, average service length, five to six hours for years and years and years. But I would come in out of, out of those Holy Ghost meetings and I'd be listening to Andrew Womack cassettes because I recognize there's such truth in the grace message and there's such truth in the fire of the Holy Ghost that does one more than, more than anything that you can do in a lifetime. And we need them all. And that's why that vision, I told you when I pastored my church, the word of God and the power of God. We gotta have them both. You know, the Pharisees tried to trip up Jesus, and that was his response. You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Grace and truth, don't be knucklehead Christians. You can be a person of the word and a person of the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And as long as I'm around. And as long as your pastor invites me, I'm always going to steer you in that direction. Be a man and a woman of the word. But that's what Pastor Will's already discipling you into. That's his ministry gift, and he's amazing. The Lord told me in a 12-hour all-night prayer service, when you go to Grace and Truth Church, preach on this until I tell you to stop. Becoming a man and a woman of the spirit. Hallelujah. So, you are men and women of the word, and you're going to become more and more men and women of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. is a verse everybody knows. You may have never heard this spin on it, but let's just, let's just head that direction and see what trail we go on to next. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. For a second, we're gonna just head this direction. The trap of faith. Never heard that phrase, never processed it. The trap of faith. It ties into what I was talking to you before about prophetic words. God literally, you should take great, great refuge in the fact that God called some of that prophetic crap. God will you. 
And if God tells it, God will do, you let it go. The trap of faith is you can't really release your faith and really believe God without doubt unless you're really, really clear on what the Lord is saying and where the Lord is taking you. Because everything you're going to step out in faith to do can't be of your own will. It has to be only by the will of God. If there's one thing that you could permanently tattoo on your heart is to live in a state of surrender. And that's where the Lord is taking some of you from a place of living by your own will. He's taking you to a place, literally to a city called surrender. You say, why do you say a city? Because as I'm standing up here, I'm traveling down a freeway and I can see a green sign that says, now entering, surrender. God wants to take you to a place, to a city to live called surrender, where I'm not living by my own will. I'm not living by my own desires. God wants you to take you to a place of total surrender. And you can tattoo this on your heart. God, I'll go where you want me to go. And I'll do what you want me to do. And I'll say what you want me to say. And I'll be what you want me to be. I'm going to say it again. You can live in the place of surrender when this is tattooed on your heart. Where it's not something you're conjuring up with your mind. But you're living completely abandoned to God. I will go where you want me to go. I will say what you want me to say. I will do what you want me to do. Amen. And I'll be what you want me to be. I still don't have a release. This is the place of surrender. I'm not living my life just because this is what I want to do, what other people told me I should do, what my mom and dad always did, what all the expectations of my friends are. I know that I've heard from God. And I'm going to go where you want me to go, God. And I'm only going to say what you want me to say. And I'll become whatever you say I'm supposed to be. And I'll do I'll do it. I'll do what you want me to do. Amen. If your whole life you've lived with an expectation of one thing, it's if it's not the will of God, it's impossible to really let your faith rip. It's always being undermined. And some of you feel it down in here. Even as I'm talking, this thing is churning. I know, Jesus, that my life is supposed to look different. You've looked yourself in the mirror. You put your head on the pillow at night. And you said, God, I know this is not the fullness of what you have for me. This is not the abundant life you have for me. If there's anything God wants to do is to realign your steps, even today, grace and truth, get you in the place of surrender and watch your faith loose and let it rip. The trap of faith is that if your compass is set to the wrong direction, it won't work for you. There's no faith outside of the will of God. And as we walk, the Holy Ghost sins, sweating, raving, bold guys, to come alongside and say, no, no, no. It's two steps over this way. No, no, no. It's a left turn that way. Pay attention to what's in your spirit. Whenever there's a real anointing from God, there's a quickening that comes with it. Some of you can make different decisions, even this week, about where your life is headed. 
what you thought retirement was going to look like. I just heard that. We know what you thought retirement was going to look like. Won't have to have an income. I'll live off this. No, that's not the place of surrender. Put that in your pocket, Smokey. <laughs> Spend 20 years trying to go a direction, then it's, it's a trap because it's, it's literally so low to where God wants you to live. And I have a, like a, a personal opinion about retirement that it's like the dumbest thing ever. And that you could spend your days like T.L. Osborne, and you do your call, and you finish, and within the last two weeks of your life, you feel your strength fading, you pull your family around and say, I will see y'all later. Amen. No cancer, no disease, I've run my race, I've finished it, see you on the other side. Hallelujah. God will stop this service. Just like last week, God sent me all the way for Hannah. This word on retirement, I want you to hear me. You can build your whole life around something that's not God. And then you can live under the stress and pressure of trying to sustain it. Or, or, you can just get over in the Holy Ghost with God and get a fresh direction. God is not cruel. He'll realign your steps. God will show you 90 days down the road. God will show you a year down the road. When God moved my family to Tampa, Florida, I was going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth, serving my local church forever. And one year ahead of time, the Lord said, I'm sending you to Tampa, Florida. And he gave me time to prepare my family, prepare my children. I don't know what this is going to do to all your retirement plans. This is the God's honest truth. Down in your spirit, you don't have peace. There, there, there's an unsettledness. You thought, well, I'll just get rid of my job and then I'll do this. And then I'm going to get settled. But there's no peace there. Follow the Holy Ghost. God will allow there to be a disruption of peace without new instructions that bring clarity to everything. Listen, I've missed it so big in this life. I've jumped ahead of God in life. I've jumped into ministry projects that God wanted, but I didn't listen. And I was just like 10 steps ahead of him. God has bailed me out of every jam, every single time. I'm just, I'm not done release, and I don't care how you look at me. <laughs> Listen, if you are positioning your life to look a certain way, but you're not waking up every morning with the life of God just bubbling on the inside of you, full of peace, full of joy, like I get to live in the perfect will of God, it's time to reconsider. Hear the Holy Ghost. Close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, I loose now by the Spirit of God. Clarity, 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 clarity. Not an easy thing, Father, but very easy for you to take a 20-year plan and turn it on its head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, new instructions. In Jesus' name, new instructions. Clear vision. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's not the only one. I'm just following what I saw. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The New Living Translation says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for is the evidence of things we cannot see. That's all good. That's all awesome. 
that's how I learned to memorize the scriptures. But in the Amplified Bible, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality. The Amplified Bible says that faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. How do you know that you're in faith? Because you don't have to have anything to the natural to persuade you of anything. It's so real down in here that it doesn't matter that your natural senses don't line up. And if you're ever going to have instructions from God, and that's what I'm focused in on this morning. If you're going to have an instruction from God, what is my life supposed to look like? Jesus, where am I headed? It is not going to make sense to your natural mind. The natural mind instructions will come way later. But you're going to see it in here before you ever see it here. The great John Osteen, the father of Joel Osteen, in 1959 on Mother's Day, he started Lakewood Church in an abandoned beach store. I think with 161 people. And they were in that beach store on East Houston Road for years and years and years. And he would stand up there with 150 people with plank floors that you could, if your pen or your change or your jewelry dropped down in the cracks, gone forever. And they were there for years and years. And he would stand up there on Sunday morning and said, I, want to, I see the hundreds of people that have come from all over Houston. Welcome to Lakewood Church. Don't you love our new building? But there was no building there in the natural. It was an abandoned deed store. And they knocked out the back wall and they, and they sat 700. And he had 700 people. And he said, I want to welcome all the people that came from all over America to see the dedication of our new sanctuary. We can see 3,000 people. But it was a 700-seat abandoned feed store with the back wall pushed out. And he did that for 22 years, sounding like a madman every Sunday morning. What a welcome the thousands of people that had come to Lakewood Church. Because it was so real on the inside. Then in 1981, at the height of the recession and the West Texas oil bust, the Lord says, build the building this year. Don't take up one special offering, and it'll be completed in 12 months' time. And in 12 months' time, they built the, the old Lakewood Church, 8200 Seat Sanctuary, then the largest sanctuary in America, debt-free, without one special offering, in the worst um, oil recession in Houston history. And he stood up there on Sunday morning, and he said like he always had, and it was no different for him. He said, I want to welcome the thousands of people that have come to see this new, beautiful, state-of-the-art sanctuary. And then he dies in 1999, and Joel takes over the church. And he gets it in his heart to build a compact center. I got to sit and have a meal with Joel as they were talking about buying the compact center. It was already real on the inside of him. He already saw it. He said that same arena where I took my wife on our first date. That 17,100 seat arena is going to be the future home of Lakewood Church. Amen. That's the way God operates. I told you this, I think, on the first Sunday of the year. My pastor in Tampa, Rodney Howard Brown, for years, 
would stand in our sanctuary and he would give the altar call and say, I see you in the West Belt and I see all those hands. Come on down and give your heart to Jesus. Yes, I see all those hands up there in that balcony. Oh, that balcony, you all drove in from Wisconsin on the tour buses. Come on down to the altar. Receive Jesus today. But there's no balconies there. And he spoke it out for years about balconies. And then here on January 20th of this year, he stands up and he dedicates the new sanctuary. And there's balconies. And they're all full. They're already in overflow, even though they got the new building built. And he's like, I want to just, I see all those hands. And he just starts bawling during the altar call. Just for 20 years, he's been seeing it in the spirit. But now his eyes see it. But when you see my faith, I don't care what my eyes see. I don't care what my ears hear. I'm a Christian. I don't live by my natural senses. Amen. How often do I ask you to write anything down? Write this one down. 1 Corinthians 3, 3. Paul says, why do you live as mere men? Mere men. Mere human beings. They got to get up every day and live by what their eyes see. By what their ears hear. By what the bank balance says. By what the doctor's report says. But we don't live as mere men. I don't live as a mere woman, but some of you don't live as mere women either. You only live by the Spirit of God. It is in unity with your spirit. Listen, Pastor Will is an amazing teacher of the Word. He can take you all the way through all the steps of developing your faith. I just want to say this. As a pillar of being a person of the Spirit, you'll never get anywhere in God unless you're so drunk on the promise of God on the inside that all the people around you think you're kind of nuts. Anyone that knows me in the natural sees me get up like this and go, man, that, that's not Russell. This is, I mean, I'm actually kind of quiet. I'm actually kind of reserved. But I'm just flowing out of my spirit right now. My vision for the future is this, Russell, the real me. I'm not a mere man. I'm filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. And so are you. And the plans He has for you are not natural plans. They're supernatural plans. If you look out 24 months, and it doesn't cause you to pucker a little bit, it doesn't cause your sphincter to tighten a little bit, you haven't heard God. God's plans are so big. They are so incredibly big. That if you don't have to pull back and go, God, I don't know how that's possible. You're in the trap of faith where your natural mind, your natural expectations are polluting what God has for you. You're not a mere man. You're not a mere woman. Tomorrow, later today, that DFW hall over there will be filled with just ordinary Houstonians. Isn't that true? And they get up every day and they just live by whatever the news says. Their reality is whatever the doctor says. Their reality is whatever the bank balance says. Marriage is in trouble, so maybe time for a divorce, time for marriage number three. All my kids are out, I haven't seen them in three days doing God knows what. Well, that's just how kids are nowadays. That's not us. We live by the Spirit of God, which is in perfect, perfect, perfect agreement with the Word of God. So anything I can see in this word belongs to me. Yes. Is there any lack anywhere in this book for the children of God? Yes. 
Am I allowed to live in the, under the cliffs of depression according to this word? No! Am I allowed to live in confusion, not knowing what I'm going to do? Not according to this word. So this is my reality. This is your reality. And it sounds good on Sunday morning when everyone around you is amening. But when you get the bad report, when the obnoxious neighbor comes by stealing all their nonsense, when something challenges it, what do you do? Well, I hope so. Faith isn't hope. Hope's important, isn't it? Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Right? I'll let Pastor Will dive into that. Most Christians, as I travel, they live in hope and not in faith. I sure hope so. Yes, I can read that with my eyes. Yes, I acknowledge that's true. I sure hope that happens for me. That's not faith. Faith counts it done without any proof in the natural. Listen, I'm about to take the biggest steps I've ever taken in 29 years in the ministry. And I'm already seeing a new building. I'm already seeing new staff. I'm already seeing new international offices. Because I'm drunk on this thing. Are you drunk on your thing? Are you drunk on the thing that God put you on the earth to do? And if you don't know why you were placed on planet earth, most of you born in the 20th century, why weren't you born in 1500? If Jesus carries, why weren't you born in 2300? Because God wanted you on the earth for this day and this hour. Amen. And this is the most frustrating thing about prophetic ministry is that most people, they hear something from God, they go, God, I hope that happens. God, I hope that's true. You've got to let this thing be so real you're pregnant with it. That's right. I say it, and it offends people. I don't care. I'm drunk on the promises of God. Listen, if someone hit, I have a friend who went to Finland in a church of 180 people, believing God for some big things, and his wife said, he said, we need a million dollars, like by the end of this week. And his wife said, I believe we'll have it tonight. And he looked at her and said, you know, honey, we're in a church of 180 people. We go live across Africa next week. Maybe that's how we'll come in. Maybe that's the biggest thing ever. But, I mean, we're going to a church of 180 people. You know, there's no way a million dollars is coming in tonight. And so, like an awesome wife, she said, okay, but I'm going to believe God. That night, a man walked into the back of the building. A woman had gotten saved two nights before. Unbeknownst to anyone, she was the wife of the largest app developer in the world who walked in the back door of the ministry. Didn't give his heart to Jesus. But my friend said, tonight we're taking up the offering and all I'm asking you to do is sow a seed of honor that recognizes what the Lord has done in your life in this week of meetings. That's all I'm asking you to do. Ask the Holy Ghost to respond. And that got put a million U.S. dollars in the offering. And so they asked, you know, they said to his wife, so what'd you do? She just said, I said, thank you, Jesus. Because I'd already seen it. I'd already rejoiced. There's very little that God does. So even like the suits, every time I say 25,000, I'm so aware that I'm, I'm, I'm undershooting. I just don't want to trip anybody out. I'm going to calculate it all up. You're going to ship them all back for me, Kathy? I'll calculate it all up to the glory of God. But listen, I didn't like fall over and faint like the queen of Sheba. 
I know what I'm believing God for. I know how much provision this vision requires. I'm just saying, yes, Lord. You said the dump truck is coming. Beep, 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 baby. Back it up. I'll take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I won't be back for three weeks, five weeks. We'll be back on Easter Sunday. We're going to do an in-reach. And I'll let Pastor Will talk about that. Wait, listen, if you'll bring your lost family and friends, they're going to get saved on Easter and they're going to get healed. You just watch and see the move of the Spirit of God we have on Easter as we do an in-reach. But before I leave for, for a few weeks, I'm asking the Lord, is there anything else that you want me to say? And I can't get off this thing. God wants you to have a very clear vision of where the heck you're headed. It is okay to love God and not know where you're headed. It's not okay to stay in a state of I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what God told me. Is God told me to? I just know I love him. I know I love people. But every day I get up, and if I can be honest, Russell, I'm just a little bored. There's no place for boredom in the kingdom of God. Man, this life of God is better than anything you could ever dream or imagine. Hallelujah. I want to leave you with this. And if I was a great Bible teacher like Pastor Will, I probably would have opened with this. But I didn't have any idea what I meant to do. 9 says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's never even entered into your heart the amazing things that God has prepared for you. Grace and truth, church. But the next verse says, but the Spirit of God has revealed it unto us. This morning, the greatest deposit that I can leave with you is that you would leave this place with a very clear vision of why you were put on the earth. God, what do you want my last 20, 30, 40 years on the earth to be? If I'm off, correct me. And even as I'm praying right now, I want you to receive this from the Holy Ghost. I believe God is going to do this just because you asked. Father, every person under the sound of my voice Thank you for speaking clear words of instruction in Jesus' name. Clear words of direction in Jesus' name. Lord, I'll prophesy to anybody at any time. But I see that you're wanting to deposit this deep on the inside of people in a way that they can never question. What you do for them right now, Holy Ghost, what you did for me in 18 years of age. And give them a word that's so clear they can run on it for the next 30 years and never question it. Thank you, Lord, for great clarity. In Jesus' name. The first words I spoke when I came in January was the commander that you would command wealth. And I'm asking God right now to flood you with vision. Next steps in Jesus' name. Next steps. I break off 
body, everything that I know to give them. Is there anything else you want to say, Father? Alright. I feel a release. What I want to do is what I offer to you on a regular basis. Your greatest need. My brother here, that you, you travel in, you know, you, you live somewhere else, but you, you travel in. Um, I see you being planted somewhere. I mean, I see, I see a place that you're destined to be planted and to bear much fruit. And it's awesome that you're here. I don't know anything about your life other than Pastor Williams told me about you coming in. But just every time I look over you, I don't want to leave until I release this. I see you being the planted of the Lord. And bearing much fruit. More fruit in your later years than ever in your early years. And it's just ahead of you. It's just ahead of you. It's just ahead of you. Even by the month of June, you'll be the planted of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I have great confidence in the move you're about to make. You're going to feel it in here. Step out. Make the move. And you'll be very blessed. Hallelujah. So I make this offer to you. The Lord gave me an instruction. My job is to minister to your greatest need. So if there's something that you need from the Lord as we close the service, I'll believe God with you. If I have a word on it, I'll tell you. If I don't, I won't make anything up. But I know how to release my faith and to see the impossible come into the natural. I love you, Grace and Truth Church. Listen, you guys have guest ministers in. Can you tell that I love you? I mean, I told you, I feel like I'm home. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not a regular guest here for a long time. I'm not fishing for an invite. I don't even take up an offering, Will. I just love you. And I mean that. And don't be surprised if, if Pastor Will doesn't call you and say, hey, Russ was in prayer the other day and he said, tell him this. Tell him this. This relationship I have with this house is changing. Not looking for anything, but I'm just... That's what the Lord's doing, so we'll just go with it. All right? So listen, I love you. Let me bless you before I go. Father, this 
put on my life and ministry. Lord, I release it on their lives now. Father, I thank you for bringing every dream of their heart to great fruition. Lord, I speak great increase and multiplication even over their finances in Jesus' name. Lord, when I come back, may this house be full. Father, I thank you in advance for Easter Sunday, 2023, the greatest move of God that this building has ever known. Amen. Lord, thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And now, for one of the greatest Bible teachers in the entire United States of America, Pastor Will Brocker. Mission accomplished.